Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. Happy New Year, folks. Can you believe it? We have finally made it to 2021, which means 2020 has kicked the bucket and said peace, sayonara. I mean, it's just very, very exciting. Today, 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 I get to sit down with Colm Kerwin. I mentioned this last week. These are obviously really cool throwback episodes that predate the Love Good podcast. They're actually conversations that took place within the first year or two of Love Good's existence back when we were just called Love Good Music. So these are really, really fun reminders of how things once were and really the the early inspirations and relationships that laid the root system for love good, the, the love good that I now take for granted, to be honest. So I'm super excited today because Colm is not only doing this really, really fun throwback conversation with us today, sort of posthumously, is that even how you say that? That's kind of weird because he's very much alive, but obviously this is six years old. In the real time, he's coming in to do a live stream concert with his wife, Katrina, on Thursday, all right, which I've already told you a little bit about that, but go to lovegoodlive.com and get signed up now so that you do not miss this live stream concert with, again, Colm and his wife, Katrina. For now, just kick back and enjoy the, the sweet sounds of this Irish country superstar in my book. I mean, this guy is the real deal, and Colm... I don't know what it is. He's got this really, really profound integrity. You, you can see it just by how frequently he wells up with tears in these moments of profound sincerity. This guy is so good. I mean, he just like radiates goodness. He's one of those people. And I can't wait for you to hear this conversation and enjoy just learning a little bit of where his career started and where it's now moving because he's not only married to Katrina, they're doing music together now. And I, I dare say the best is yet to come. So get comfortable, sit back and enjoy this conversation with Colin Curlin. Jimmy Mitchell, live in the Love Good Music Studio with Colm Kerwin, the Irish singer-songwriter and country superstar, and uh, most importantly, um, just an amazing, amazing guy, really good friend of mine, and privileged to sit down and talk a little bit about how uh, life and career is unfolding and a new EP around the corner. Um, Colm, how you doing, man? I'm good, Jimmy Mitchell. Always, always good to be here, and thank you for the lovely introduction. We're still working on the superstar bit, but... Um country superstar working so great. on it slowly but surely tell us a little bit about your backstory because I, I know this but a lot of our listeners won't uh, born and, and bred in Ireland mm -hmm. and somehow by a miracle of of divine providence ended up in you know Music City USA that's about when we met mm -hmm. uh, but what was it like growing up in Ireland um, I mean really um, I mean a long story short I guess because I, I was constantly surrounded by music I mean it was it was never, I often wondered, you know, people say, um, what else would you do outside of music? They're really, I don't know. I don't really know an answer to that because it was all that I ever did do. My father is a professional singer, has been my whole entire life. Before we were born, he was a signed artist and touring. Um, 
My mom has always been uh, involved, whether it be like with church music or amateur dramatics. Um, so music was always there. And my dad's CD collection was mainly country music. And then I listened to a lot of musical theater. Um, so from like from up till 18, I was very heavily involved in musical theater. I then moved to London to study musical theater at Mountview Academy of Theater Arts in London for five years. Um, um, was studied for three years and then worked professionally for two in London and um, toured with Andrew Lloyd Webber's um, first kind of revival of Jesus Christ Superstar. Did that and and, and near the end of that time, I realized um, I always knew I wanted to be on stage. That love was there. That was where I kind of get that that adrenaline, that kind of drug, so to speak. But um, musical theater also at the time lacked something for me and I, and I realized then at that time was that was that singer songwriter thing plus my my heart really was drawn to country music um, and around that time I moved back home and I started doing some shows with my dad and I started initially just as his opening act a really scared kind of young boy standing out there opening up his shows for like 30 35 minutes um, and even at times I would like drive the trucks and do monitors and do front of house sound, whatever it took, you know, it was, it was a very much a family show. And through time, I just continued to grow on that. And, and I guess you could say I found my voice and I, um, I really, um, started having a real strong urge to, to share that voice and to put words to music, to start writing songs more and more, to take that more seriously. And through a, a long series of events, um, some not all that fun either, um, um, I felt led to move to Nashville, which is a story in itself, but I ended up coming here and it really was a real birth or a awakening for me in my career and for me as a man. Um, for me as a believer, for me as in many different ways, Nashville was the kind of blossoming of all of that. But but no doubt music has been there from the very beginning. It's just interesting that you've ended up obviously in the, the mother church of country music, yeah. you know, Nashville, Tennessee. Is country music a big thing back home in Ireland? It is. Um, country music's extremely popular. Um, arguably more of a traditional sound in country. A lot of the, the super modern stuff now um, not quite as popular, starting to change a little bit, but definitely traditional country music is what I grew up listening to. Um, I mean, I remember my first, people sometimes say to you, like, what, one of those moments in your life where you knew you were going to do it, but my dad brought me to see a Garth Brooks concert, and I know that's not traditional, it seems traditional nowadays, but I remember looking up at that stage and going like, that's it, you know. As a young kid, I was like, that, that's it, that's, that's, wow. that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I grew up, and a lot of people in Ireland grew up around listening to country music that's really cool I, when I was in music business classes at, in college that was he was you know the fourth best-selling artist of all time mm-hmm. that might still be the case um, it's amazing you know country music as a genre has has developed so much over the last 90 to 100 years from your perspective what is country music what makes music country as a genre for me it's always been lyric you know, it's it's it is that um, storyteller, um, simple country lyric. You know, like a, um, a just that beautiful, simplistic way of of getting the message across. You know, I always think of Dolly Parton's "I Will Always Love You." The the lyric is so simple but so perfect, and that's the kind of songwriting I was always personally drawn to um, as an 
as an art form of poetry or whatever. Maybe it says a lot about me, but a, a very simple man and, and a, a very simple lyric has always caught me. And that storytelling um, journeying through a little part of somebody's life. Um, for me, that's what country country music is. Um, for me, not so much the kind of beer drinking, back of the truck, whatever. And nothing against that, because I also see that that's, for somebody else, that's a part of their life, but that not so much for me. So I think I love that that um, it's the kind of beauty of humanity. We're all, we're all we are all slightly different, and depending on where you grew up, what you grew up with, um, that will differ. You know. Sure. What's a day in the life of Colm Kerwin look like? Um, well, it's definitely not consistent. That's for sure. It depends. You know, if you're out on the road, um, I always try to. I genuine, genuinely always try to make time for prayer, whether it be go to, um, go to Mass or just go and pray every day. Um, I do that. Um, try to make some time for exercise. You know, I think I've always been like positive body, positive mind, positive, you know, you just want to get in that space. And then um, if, on days in town, if you can, be creative and have a songwriting appointment or whether you're in the studio. Um or recently, even if it's, um, there's a lot of music business has to go on too, whether you're, you know, have a new EP coming out, whether you're working on the business end of things. So it's always a little bit of all of that, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but it's definitely not consistent. It would be very hard for me to say, this is a day in the life of. Um, it's all over the place. <laughs> if, you had to throw out, if you had to throw out an ideal day, would you be on the road or would you be here in Nashville? Oh, um, or would you be on the road in Nashville, on a tour stopping through Nashville? <laughs> you know what? For me, um, probably on the road. Again, that probably says a lot about. I, I somewhat grew up on the road. It's kind of some kind of gypsy Irish blood on me or something. <laughs> I, I'm very comfortable on the road. I like it out there. Um, I get a lot of peace out there, and um, it's always been that kind of dichotomy. I'm always somewhat torn because, you know, please God, one day I want to be settled down, married, have kids. And, you know, I, I wonder about that, but I do love being on the road. I love meeting new people. I love being in new cities, experiencing new people, experiencing new foods, experience, you know, I do love that diversity. So, yeah, um, ideally, I, f- I feel like I'm f- even more productive on the road. Do you know, a busier schedule makes me more productive. If I have too much time by myself, which sometimes happens in town, I can actually fall the other way and become somewhat kind of lethargic and lazy. So um, being on the road usually keeps me kind of on my toes. It makes a lot of sense. I was talking to an artist friend last night how much we need discipline if we're mm-hmm. of a creative and artistic bent because yeah. without it, we really get nothing done. <laughs> I'm you know? so... I'm, and sadly, I'm only discovering that now, but like I'm discovering how much routine is really important for me yeah because without it and it it is that creative mind without it i can be extremely scattered mm. scatterbrained and and very forgetful but with a bit of routine and structure um it just disciplines me in a good way and i used to think that i would hate that but it's actually necessary mm, totally i have to impose it upon myself otherwise yeah. it, it ain't gonna happen no totally Tell us a little bit about this EP that's coming out. You know, our patrons are going to hear it in a matter of days. Yeah. And I'm so thrilled and honored and privileged to be able to promote it and distribute it. 
to a few hundred people across the country who are, who are going to fall in love with it immediately. And some of whom maybe have heard the full-length album that you put out yeah. uh, a couple years back, but most of whom won't. So in, in a sense, it's a little bit of a debut for a lot of these listeners. Yeah. Tell us about the project, even a couple of the songs, what it means to you, what you hope uh, listeners and, and fans get out of it. Um, first off, um, in many ways, this project is probably the most um, intimate, near and dear to me project that I've ever done. Um, from the, the whole process, I've been um, involved in it from the very beginning. Now, you would think that that would be the case all the time, but it's not. Um, and I love my last album, and it's been great to me. But it was a different process, and um, with the... Um, everybody that was involved, there was there was a lot of a lot of people involved, and um, I was younger and um, didn't have much of a say in things. Whereas this project, um, even from Jeff Balding who produced it, I met Jeff's wife through a show years ago, and Jeff has worked with artists ranging from Taylor Swift, Celine Dion, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill to to like rock heavy metal bands <laughs> and recently worked on um, Don Henley's new record and he's kind of very high up within the Grammy board here of Nashville so highly respective, um, res- um, respected engineer and producer here in town and I met Jeff again through his wife and she says you know I never do this but I'd love for you to meet my husband. And one of the things that impressed me about Jeff so much was the first time we met, we actually didn't really talk about music that much, really just shared life experience, and he was um, sharing his faith with me. And I was really impressed with the man himself. And he was very humble and um, gentle, and just things that I was really drawn to. And then over time, we would continue to meet. And one time he was like, you know, I'd, I'd really like to um, help you out. Like, how can we move forward with something? So we decided to, to do this, um, just choose four songs, four songs that I'd written, four songs that I really wanted to kind of, um, that I really had a uh, the sound in my head that I really wanted to, you know, it was just very clear what I wanted my sound to be, you know. And um, Jeff agreed and we went into the studio and it was... Uh, um, it's been a really beautiful, organic experience, the whole thing. And um, I'm just excited to get it out there. It's, it's been a long time in the making, and um, but I'm excited to get out there because I really feel of everything I've done, this is me, whatever that is. You know, I feel like when people hear this project, they'll be like, oh, that's who Colin Kerwin is as an artist and sound-wise and as a country artist and a Celtic feel to it, of course. But um, yeah, so it's... It's exciting for me. It's really cool. So in some ways, it feels like a, a fresh start. It feels like a debut almost. Yeah, weirdly enough, it does. It, it, it really feels like, and because it's an EP and there's only four tracks, for me, it feels like this. these are the seeds of what will be my next album and, and hopefully that next project that I'm really passionate excited about. I mean, that's now that the EP's done, that's the, the, the new vision is to, to get it out there and to create the album. And the songs are there. Um, it's just uh, all the other stuff that goes along. One step at a time. Yeah. yeah, that's really great. So if, if country music is about telling stories, can you tell us one or two about the songs that are going to appear on this EP? Um, track one, um, I guess a brief on each one. Track one is a, a track called Making It. And really it is that. It, it's my story. And I co-wrote it with Bradley Banning, a good friend of mine. And it's it's my, our story of just trying to make it in the music business um, and the, the things that that we expected to happen 
that didn't happen or the things that we didn't expect to happen that did happen. And um, everything from when I first was out in the road opening up for Don Williams, I, I drove all around the country um, in a beat-up old blue minivan, and it wasn't as glamorous as I thought, but at the same time it was amazing experience. And and um, I love the chorus of that song is, you know, you can't reach the peak until you learn to climb. you got to put in the work, you got to put in the time. Um, and we're all making it in life in one way or another, and that's really kind of the bigger picture of what that song's about. Um, track two is a song called Yours. Uh, um, as a songwriter, this is probably one of the most intimate songs I've written. Um, it speaks um, kind of a lot about maybe fears and anxieties of, of dating and moving forward. And, you know, I said mentioned earlier, I'd, I hope to be a married man one day with family, but um, sadly a few years ago my parents later in life got divorced and really what that song's about is that what happened to me through that process and, and that whole thing really kind of rocked my whole world at the time and, and my identity and a lot of fears crept in that I just thought, wow, is this it? You know, like, um, is this is this the way it's just going to be? You know, um, maybe true love doesn't actually exist. Maybe maybe that's just the way it is we can't control that and i really start to believe that ultimately what i see now is a lie um and the song's really about that about um all those fears and anxieties but at the same time being so in love with somebody that that you know what's right and, and all you want is to be yours i want to be yours um and really in a nutshell that's kind of what that song's about track Three is a song called Mary Mary, which is just a fun little love song. It's probably it's one of my favorites on there. I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about it recently. On a deeper level, I kind of see that as kind of symbolically almost about my spiritual life or me as a man because it's the song is this story about this this girl that you've always liked. You know, whoever that girl is or whatever that girl is, that you that you know it's true and you, you know she's great and you, and, and you want to be with her, but you're kind of like ah. Oh, don't know, you know, maybe you're just too cool for school or whatever, it's not going to happen. And then as the story goes on, eventually you realize that that she's all you ever wanted, you know. Mm. It's all you ever wanted, you know. For me, you make my faith different things. You know? So by the end of the story, you know, you, you, um, you know, get married and family, and, and but true love has always been there right in front of your eyes. Um, Mary, Mary, it's a fun song. And the last track then is um, Emerald Ice which is the title track of the EP. Um, and it's just a b really beautiful, intimate love song. As my mom said to me sometimes, my mom's got a great sense of humor. She says, well, you definitely got a good imagination. <laughs> like I've been single for a long time. But Emerald Eyes is, um, was a song that, that started out, it was, it was going to be called In My Emerald Isle. Um, and I had this beautiful melody and I ended up writing with a friend of mine, John Colgan, one day and it just turned into a very beautiful poetic love song. Um, and really is this guy talking about his, um, this, the love of his life, but really all through her eyes, the intimacy of that, you know, it's just a very close personal song. So um, it's another one that I just melodically and lyrically love singing and it's, and it's a fun, beautiful song to sing. What typically inspires your songwriting and by extension, how did you choose four? I'm sure you're writing consistently. It's got to be a difficult thing to decide which of your, you know, poetic children to release into the world. Yeah. Uh, what's the process like? What inspires it? And then how do you decide what you're ready to make public? As far um, 
as a writer, you know, it just, a lot of times for me, and that's another reason I love being on the road, I get kind of very creative just being out on the road. Um, something about the, the, you know, just, just driving. And a lot of times lyric or melody comes into my head. I don't, I don't listen to the radio a lot. I don't listen to a lot of music. Sometimes I do, but a lot of times it's just silence and it's kind of prayerful for me really. But then these inspirations come, these songs and my trusted iPhone, I just start singing into it and then you work backwards. So the next time then either you're in a dress room or a writer's room, sometimes you go back to that idea that you had and develop the idea Usually creative, creatively for me, that's the, where the songs come from. As far as choosing songs, I mean, I would have cut a full album, but like realistically, financially, that wasn't um, um, possible f- for this. Um, at that time, I just really did choose, between Jeff and I, chose the four songs that were really just like most on my heart at the time. Um, songs, also songs... You know, I always want to be as an artist. I want to choose the songs that I think the fans want to hear too. Do you know what I mean? It's not just—it's not all about me. And um, and I've always thought of myself outside the singer-songwriter box. I I do like to think of myself as an entertainer, and I think that comes from the theater days. You know, I, I always want to put on a show and, and make people feel like that. You know, they've had value for money and they've had an experience. And these were the songs that were really were connecting with the audience and. Um, there's a little bit of the up-tempo and a little bit of the the, um, the down-tempo thing. and um, It's hard. It's definitely hard to choose songs because when you spend when you have so many, but you just have to trust which ones are kind of nagging your heart, <laughs> which ones feel like they have to be on there. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of tensions in the heart of every artist. Yeah. And I'm thinking about your life in particular, you know, with such a such a... A long and beautiful upbringing in Ireland, and then to have picked up and moved, you know, hundreds, thousands of miles away uh-huh. to Nashville, Tennessee, and um, you know the the art and the business side of things, and the you know writing love songs and still looking for love, and it seems like that that tension really is is universal. Mm-hmm. All of us in this uh, this walk through life, uh, this human experience, you know, there's there's ups and there's downs, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of drawing straight with crooked lines. Yeah, can you speak to that? Maybe um, we'll close with this before we ask about how to stay in touch with you. you know, how do you live in that tension? You know, kind of uh, honor it without necessarily letting it paralyze you either. Um. It is definitely about finding balance and for me trying to find peace in those moments. Um, you know, as a writer, if we didn't have that, we kind of wouldn't really have a whole lot to write about either. <laughs> so you have to be kind of careful what you do wish for. Um, I, I, You know, I don't know. I, th- I think for me, life is just that step-by-step journey and um, I try to, you know, slowly but surely walk through it um say yes and move forward um you know, there's no doubt i was talking to a friend last night there's no doubt sometimes in our deepest sufferings birth the greatest fruits in our life you know it's that again that weird dichotomy but that's that's just fact it's kind of just the way it is um for me too you know Am I hopeless in love? Am I, am I all these things? Probably a little bit. You know, I, I'm very much romantic. Um, I like that part of me. I like that, they call it that feminine side of me. I like it. I've, as I've gotten older, I've learned to embrace it. Um, I'm romantic I'm, and I do 
Um, I don't want to settle. I don't want to have a life that is just um, just good enough. You know, I've always, if I ever had one prayer as a storyteller, I, I always prayed that I would have a life that somewhere when you look back was a life that inspired others to live their lives to the full. So, um, yes, you could argue, you know, careful what you wish for. And it's not always ideal and it, and, it, and it can be troublesome. And sometimes I wonder, like, what am I doing? You know, I'm, uh, like, you know, some, uh, we're talking, friends are now settling down and marrying and having kids. And these are all things that are heavy on my heart that I want. But at the same time, you know, there's always been a bigger call in my life that I feel like I'm supposed to follow. And, um, you know, it's the nat- nature of the beast. You just kind of, again, you move forward. And, and, I, and I just... Um, try to embrace it and try to find peace in it and there's a lot of good and joy and great things in the middle of it all too and the people you meet and the experiences and the songs and you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger you know our once read when we change the way we look at things the things we look at change so it's just an ongoing process of trying to grow and develop and all of that what goes without saying your friendship and witness is a huge inspiration and encouragement to me because we've had many long conversations and uh, it's just really great to not feel alone in the world in these different hopes and dreams and, and tensions that we live with. So, Colin, obviously I know how to stay in touch with you. How about all of our listeners? How can they be following you on social media? Uh, maybe your website as well. Um, my website, um, which is www.columncarowinmusic.com. Understandably, Colin Carowin is not the most common name, so I'll spell that. It's C-O-L-M-K-I-R-W-A-N music.com. Um, also, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are the main ones that I kind of work through and I take care of myself. So I have a Facebook music page, Twitter, Instagram. Excellent. Website. It's a lot of opportunities to follow and support you in the months ahead and years ahead. Colin will be really fun to see where uh, life and career takes us both. And I look forward to many more opportunities to collaborate. I'm excited. Good to see you again. Talk soon. Cheers, man. Thank you. Lips red as berries. Oh, how I want you so. I've longed for your kiss ever since we were kids. A secret that I've never told. Colm Kerwin, everybody. What a joy. And, you know, I tell you, I had no idea that it was going to work out to get Colm and Katrina on board with a live stream concert until after we decided to do this throwback episode with, with Colm. So, it's just kind of amazing to see that the providence of it all, but we are so really very pleased and privileged to announce yet again that Colm and Katrina are coming in to the Love Good Studio on Thursday. This is going to be an event, a live stream event hosted by Marisol. And if you're not aware of our live streams, you got to get on this particular email list. It's only possible to sign up for these at lovegoodlive.com. You'll get notifications the day of. And if you're a patron, you're also going to get a link to an exclusive meet and greet with Colm and Katrina after the show. All right. So the actual concert will begin at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, January 7th. And we just couldn't be more excited that, you know, frankly, long before 
You know, Lovegood was even this massive movement that it currently is with seasonal packages and live stream concerts and exclusive meet and greets and just all the premium content. The things that I now really, truly take for granted, I'm sure many of our patrons do as well. Long before any of that, Lovegood was a community of friends, right? It was artists. It was patrons. It was like-minded people who wanted to rally around and, and say, hey, actually the world that we're living in right now is kind of falling apart. Beauty is the answer, you know, the kind of beauty that leads to truth and ultimately the truth of God's love. And it's just really cool to, to see the full circle moments that we're having right now with artists that we've known for a long, long time. Next week, another one of those artists that we've known for a while is Cimarelli, the incredible pop sensation Cimarelli. So we'll be back with them next week, but again, get signed up for Thursday's live stream. Become a patron if you're not yet one by going to lovegoodlive.com. At the very least, sign up for the live stream. Scroll down to become a patron so that you can also be a part of the meet and greet with Colm and his beautiful wife, Katrina. And again, next week, I'll be back with Cimarelli as we'll be kind of turning the corner and hitting the last half of these throwback episodes. Really fun bonus series we're doing right now. We can't thank you guys enough for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long-form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.